0: Exploring the natural world, one podcast episode at a time. This is For What It's Earth. Hi, all, and welcome to another episode of For What It's Earth by me, Marissa of the Art of Ecology. Here, nature enthusiasts, animal lovers, and eco warriors can discover and explore so many facets of the environment we all love and some creative ways to make a positive difference for the planet. May 22nd, which is only a few days away from when I am recording this, is actually International Day of Biodiversity. Woo! So this week, I really wanted to highlight the amazing animals of the world and how vital they are to the health of our ecosystems. I mean, most of you, if you're listening, already know how important animals are, but I'm going to give some cool little examples of how we are actually connected to them. So on International Day of Biodiversity, around the globe we celebrate the amazing flora and fauna of the world, as well as raise awareness of the importance that maintaining biodiversity has. Helping a wide variety of plants and animals to thrive doesn't just make us feel all warm and fuzzy inside, but it will also help to keep the planet itself healthy. Literally everything is connected. Take a look back through some of my recent podcast episodes where we really hone in on the food chain and about the importance of these connections. But you'll see that when one species is negatively impacted, just like a ripple effect, so are many others. And that impacts everything else. That can sound a little bit crazy and far-fetched. I mean, how could a decrease in one tiny, really random frog species in the middle of the Amazon rainforest impact me... All the way here in Pennsylvania, the United States, or even farther away. Okay, mention the food web. You guys are probably getting tired of all of my mentions of the food web. But if you're just starting to listen to this podcast or if you need a refresher, we'll take a quick look at it. For example, if we're talking about this tiny little random frog species in the middle of the Amazon rainforest, let's think about what they eat. Frogs eat insects and other little critters. Larger species then, such as birds, reptiles, and some mammals, eat that frog. Even bigger birds, bigger reptiles, bigger mammals, or fish, eat those smaller birds, reptiles, and mammals. So as that frog population declines, so will the creatures that rely on that frog and its predators for food. So what might happen if mass deforestation continues in the Amazon rainforest? Well, it destroys vital habitat and homes that that frog and those other species need to survive What's going to happen? I'll let you know. The answer is nothing good. So, though, how does that deforestation impact me over 3,000 miles away from that rainforest? Well, for starters, those trees are being removed and they are a big help in sequestering carbon from throughout the atmosphere, which mitigates climate change. Without those trees, as they're being deforested, there's going to be more carbon dioxide just hanging around, which increases the global temperatures. This causes an overall rise in sea level as ice from glaciers on land melts and flow into the oceans that ice melting can cool oceans and it changes the currents, it changes weather patterns, changes sea level. And with these changes, Pennsylvania can experience more severe weather conditions. This past year alone, I mean, at this point, it's been more like two or three years that I've really noticed it. But the storms have been insane. Where we used to have, you know, your occasional summer thunderstorm. Now it has become so much worse. Hurricanes and even tornadoes, wind storms, they're commonplace now. I grew up learning that tornadoes happen in the Midwest and Far away from you in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania has way too many woodlands and mountains that would block any sort of wind conditions from turning into a tornado. And let me tell you, I have seen so many tornadoes just within the past couple of months here in Pennsylvania. They happen now with alarming frequency. I have friends and family who have been impacted by these tornadoes. Their roofs are ripped off their homes. Trees are down everywhere, on cars, on power lines. Flooding events have increased drastically. I live very close to the Delaware River and there has been massive damage that has been occurring due to these severe weather circumstances. Each of these storms that are accompanied by these super fast winds, 40 to 50 miles an hour is commonplace now, has knocked down huge trees. Now, those trees provide habitat and resources for my local wildlife. While those trees will eventually decay and provide nutrients for trees and plants around them, they're falling at an alarming rate. And decomposers have way more work to do than they're used to and can be very overwhelmed. Habitat that's required by animals such as chipmunks, the American kestrel, raccoons, and woodpeckers become more and more scarce. So here, I am impacted by deforestation that happens elsewhere. That is is just a fraction of the impact. That's just us talking about what deforestation does. That's not us talking about what is happening elsewhere in the marine ecosystems or in those plains areas. So we really need to be conscientious about what's going on around us and how we're taking care and being stewards of the environment. Yes, I get it. It can be very difficult sometimes to see our difference and to see the impact as just an individual. I know that the corporations and big industries are the primary industrial sort of folk that's causing a lot of the carbon emissions. I get it. But individuals still can have a great impact and a voice we have power as consumers voting with the environment in mind here if you live in pennsylvania just a little quick shout out some pennsylvania primary elections are right around the corner so please make sure that you are registered to vote because you do have a voice we can vote with the environment in mind take a look at who some of your potential elected officials might be and what their stance on things such as climate change mitigation, things on sustainable resources or renewable energy is, and find out and vote for them. We can speak up as consumers. These industries want to sell us goods, okay, so let's tell them what sort of goods we want to buy and how we want to buy eco-friendly products. We can also get involved with the community at large, and that can help empower individuals to make a larger difference and feel as if their voice counts across the board. But don't ever, ever, ever feel as if your individual actions, those little things like using a reusable water bottle or toothbrush or turning the water off as you brush your teeth, these actions are not too small. Nothing is too small when it comes to protecting the wildlife and biodiversity of this planet. Everything makes a difference. So today, or when May 22nd comes around, on International Day of Biodiversity, let's appreciate and do our best to protect the planet and animal life around us. You can protect plants and therefore Protect the cool wildlife around you by creating valuable wildlife habitat. Even if all you have is a tiny porch or just a window, set up a window box with plants. Pollinators and other little insect friends will thank you. If you have more space, try leaving the weeds and planting native meadows. This will attract all sorts of pollinators, birds, mammals, reptiles, you name it. You can also plant some native trees and shrubs in your area, which provide nesting habitat for all sorts of animals. One great thing to think about, since everything is connected, even if your favorite, favorite animal lives nowhere near you, you can still help to protect the world they live in by getting greener where you are. I wanted to give an example of that, Because sometimes it's a little hard to visualize or see that relationship. So as an example would be the giraffe. That's my personal favorite animal. Obviously, I don't live in Kenya or Tanzania. But I can still make an impact on their health and well-being by supporting the work of organizations such as the African Wildlife Foundation or Giraffe Conservation Foundation. As you also learn more about the animal's role in the ecosystem, it can be a lot easier to understand our own personal connection to them, even from across the globe. So let's take a look at how I, myself, Marissa, am impacted by giraffes from across the world. A giraffe's primary food source is the acacia tree. Now, just like any herbivore, as they browse on the acacia tree, they also help to stimulate the growth and health of the tree itself. It's incredible to learn about how herbivores, like the white-tailed deer here in Pennsylvania, impact the growth of trees around them. Just like pruning a tree and taking care of it by cutting off dead branches or young buds can help to stimulate growth and make the tree healthier and happier in your yard. The browsing, the actual munch, munch, munching that herbivores do can help promote growth as well. And the plant will produce some bitter, bitter chemicals and compounds when the animal has started to overbrowse, which will deter them, and they will leave that plant alone. Let it grow back, be happy, until they return to that plant again. Everything's connected and it's so cool! But back to the giraffes. They're stimulating the growth as they browse, but they are also active acacia tree seed dispersers and even act as pollinators since some of the pollen grains can get stuck to their extremely long tongue which is spread to the next tree that they visit and eat from. As the acacias are spread and germinate elsewhere along the giraffes path, these trees help to reduce erosion and cycle nutrients in the soil. This nutrient cycling helps to act as natural fertilizer, which is great in these more agricultural areas. These impacts combined of reducing erosion and cycling nutrients can prevent or mitigate desertification, which in turn enables that thriving agricultural base. One of the major crops in these African countries where giraffes live is tea and coffee. If you drink green tea, or myself, I enjoy chai lattes, iced chais every now and again. I have a connection to the giraffe species living in Eastern Africa. I am enjoying and using the crops that they help to enhance and help to thrive. So think about your favorite animal, whatever it might be, and do a quick Google search or research into the role that that animal plays in our ecosystems. You may be surprised to find out how connected you are to them, even if you live nowhere near them or if they happen to be right in your backyard. So, for what it's earth, each person who can promote biodiversity through things such as voting, Supporting conservation groups and your own personal actions can be making such a tremendous difference in the lives and the well-being of these incredible animals that we share this beautiful planet with. A simple Google search of giraffe conservation groups or I don't know if you're super into elephants or sharks, or butterflies, or birds. Just googling that animal conservation groups will bring up a wealth of information for you. And usually those groups will also have more ways for you to get involved, aside from giving financially. So this is great even if you're on a tight budget. There's always something that you can do. So with that, Thank you so much for digging deeper into the natural world with the art of ecology. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please support review and continue to follow along to explore more of the wonderful ecosystems that we're a part of. All right. So that's my, the end of that episode, but I do have some quick announcements. Since we are getting kind of into the end of Season 2. So, coming up, you know, International Day of Biodiversity is May 22nd. But here in the United States, on May 30th, is also Memorial Day. And since I record these episodes in advance, you may notice that there's a week going to be missing. I will be taking a break for the Memorial Day holiday coming up, so that week we will skip an episode, and then return the next following week in June. So just keep that eye out. If you are on my Patreon, then you will still kind of get an episode earlier than than everyone else, but you still will miss one episode or. There will be a skipped episode, and that's okay. You didn't miss anything. Then, in June, we're going to return with the last few episodes of Season 2 of For What It's Earth. And in those few episodes, we've got a whole bunch of great stuff here for you. We're going to take a look at some outdoor fun, ways to Stay learning, even all throughout the summer, the importance of play in nature, both for kids and adults. Adults need to get out and play too. We'll talk more about wildlife populations. And similarly to season one, we're going to end season two with a bang, with a nature trivia game show, where some of the season two guests are going to return and be a part of that game show where we learn all sorts of things about the natural world that aren't in their area of expertise. So stay tuned for these episodes. I am really excited for the last couple weeks here. Then we will break as I plan for a potential season 3 And some more guest episodes. Hopefully we'll have a series for you on climate change mitigation and climate change empowerment. As well as um, more about pollinators and butterflies. Just wildlife in general. But I'm working on setting all of that in the works. If you have any questions about the natural world or have topics that you would like to learn more about, please, please, please let me know. And you can email me, Marissa at M, as in Marissa, Jacobs, J A C O B S, B as in boy, at the art of So again, that's you can email Marissa at mjacobs at theartofecology.com. And I will see how I can incorporate them into Season 3. For what its earth can be found on many podcast streaming platforms. For more tips and eco-inspiration, you can check out my blog at www.theartofecology.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at The Art of Ecology. And with that, I will see you next time on For What It's Earth.